Hey guys, we finished off with the Bay of Pigs um, event of 1961, how the Soviets responded, the building Berlin Wall, and then of course our second um, policy during the Cold War referring to the use of nukes with flexible response. So now I want to introduce you to the Cuban Missile Crisis, which occurred in the fall of 1962. Um, basically, um, as a result of the Bay of Pigs, uh, uh, Khrushchev decided that um, Cuba was a good location for uh, Soviet nuclear, nuclear missiles to protect against any future United States invasion. And um, we, we have, you know, photographs that, that, that there are missiles. And you're, if you're looking at the PowerPoint, you see I, ha I have that black and white image is, is you know, multiple, multiple Soviet missiles 90 miles off the coast of, of Florida, of, of America. And so basically, JFK, you know, it's, what do we do? Do we launch direct air attacks to destroy the missiles? Do we all invasion? So he kind of goes with like a middle course, and he uses the word quarantine. And he, this legally distinguishes a difference from blockade because the use of, like, the word blockade is an act of war. All right? So, um, and, and basically, JFK also sends a letter to Khrushchev declaring you know, to get rid of the, the, the weapons in Cuba, to completely dismantle them and to remove them. And that starts a series of, of letters back and forth between Khrushchev and JFK. And one thing to keep in mind is this, this, this really terrifying event in world history um, during the Cold War showed that the United States and the Soviets had a very difficult way of communicating. And that's going to be one of the lasting legacies at the end of this. All right. Um, so Khrushchev responds. He sends Soviet ships. There's flotillas with you know, subs. Um, we have spy planes that have images of these missiles in Cuba ready to go. And it seems like there's no end. And so we are put on um, DEFCON 2, which basically is saying, you know, war is imminent. If you're looking at the PowerPoint, you will see I have a breakdown of all the different DEFCONs, one through five, one being um, the lightest um, and five being, <laughs> yeah, the world's over. Um, so basically, we're, we're at a stalemate. And this is a very, very terrifying time in world history. Um, I don't know if your parents were alive. Maybe your grandparents were. They might remember this. But literally, we're on the brink of nuclear holocaust. Like this, you know, we've got Turkey, uh, turkeys. <laughs> we have nukes in Turkey pointed at Russia. They've got nukes in Cuba pointed at us. We are at the brink of nuclear disaster. So on October 26th, um, an ABC News correspondent, John Scaly, was approached by a Soviet agent, and basically, he, this agent tells him, like, hey, you know what, an agreement can be made, and the Soviets are going to remove the missiles, um, and as long as we promise not to invade. And, oh my gosh, like, the White House goes into, like, scramble mode, like, is this, is this legit? Is this, like, for real? So, um, basically, later that night, there's an emotional letter that JFK receives from from Khrushchev, you know, just going on and on about, oh my gosh, we can't do this. This will be nuclear holocaust. Um, you know, let's let's come to an agreement. And so JFK is like, huh, okay. So maybe 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 this this correspondent, you know, this is valid. And the next day, the next morning, was almost like, like sobered up and sent the second letter, and it's like, okay, let's let's okay. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. JFK, like, okay, I will remove the Cuban missiles if you remove the Turkey missiles. And so JFK makes a risky a risky move, and he decides to ignore the second letter. All right, but just go off the fact that, I mean, really and truly, the first emotional letter that Khrushchev sent, in my opinion, that's he blinked first, right? Like he blinked first, and and JFK is going to take advantage of that. And so Robert Kennedy, his brother, 
is going to start wheeling and dealing about, look, Khrushchev, yeah, okay, we get it. You are going to dismantle and remove the missiles from Cuba. And we will eventually remove the missiles from Turkey, but it's going to be in about six months, and it's not going to be part of the public um, um, response to how we're, we're bringing this down. So it is agreed on October 28th, um, uh, the Soviets remove the missiles from Cuba. Um, we keep our ships around Cuba and we don't remove our missiles in, in Turkey until early the next year. And so I, I, I'd argue, in my opinion, you feel free to disagree with me, but I'd argue that this absolutely helped JFK's image. I mean, he's the one who made Khrushchev blink first. He's the one who ended this looking superior. Like I said, a, a lasting legacy of this is, is a hotline is established, you know, essentially a red phone. That's the direct line between the Kremlin and the White House. Another lasting legacy is in 1963, uh, the very next year, and this is early in the year. Um, uh, if, if you know, if you remember, JFK was, was assassinated in November of 1963. But the United States, the USSR, and England signed this historic treaty banning atmospheric testing. Um, France doesn't sign because they're in the, the, the cahoots of developing their own nuclear system. If you remember that, that new presentation I showed you, it's in the early 60s that France joins the nuclear club. So this, this treaty doesn't ever go into serious force until the mid-90s, but um, it's, it's a step in the right direction, you know, agreeing to talk. Um, this also led to the fall of, the Cuban Missile Crisis led to the fall of Khrushchev. You know, he, um, his Cold War policies were seen as erratic, you know, embarrassing, unsuccessful. Um, pretty much everything he did was doing was 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 criticized, and there was a resurgence of conservative conservative stalinists. Um, and so basically, he was forced to retire, and then like seven years under house arrest, um, he died in Moscow in 1971. So our next premier is a dude by the name Brezhnev, Leonid Brezhnev, and um, he uh, introduces what we will fondly refer to as re-Stalinization. Um, basically, a massive arms buildup clearly a response to the Cuban Missile Crisis. But one thing I want you to keep in mind is his ultimate goal is to avoid direct contact with the United States, um, which ironically does seem kind of more, you know, stable, like if you think about it, um, you know, a peaceful coexistence between the two superpowers. Um, also, his, his dictatorship was collective rather than personal. He established a Politburo, which essentially was like his supreme policy uh, making body. Like he, 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 he used um, high ranking officials to ask them questions, ask them advice. Um, he um, basically, he was more focused on foreign and military affairs and the Politburo allowed, you know, uh, um, it, it allowed them to work look really take a look at like internal and domestic situations. He was very conservative. Um, yes, there was censorship. Yes, there was suppression. Um, anyway, um, we will, um, if you notice his dates, uh, we will take him into the early 80s. And thank you for your time. Please let me know if you have any questions. I will see you soon. Bye.